HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Copper and Kings, pure copper pot distilled American brandy aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. For more information, visit copperandkings.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. The Speakeasy is produced by Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit, member-supported radio station devoted to all things food and beverage. Help keep HRN alive by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate, and I will buy you a drink the next time I see you. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. And you are listening to the greatest radio station on the planet. This is Heritage Radio Network. And for a lot of, a fair amount of people out there know that I uh, I play music. Uh, I'm in a band called Brothers. Actually, okay. the show, uh, the Speakeasy, the, the opening uh that opening ditty is actually a song called Whiskey and Loose Women by my band Brothers. And before I moved, actually when I moved to New York City about 11 years ago, I had another band called 20 Minutes to Vegas. And <laughs> and uh, it was a pretty raucous band. I mean, like, it, it, there, was no, there was no song called Whiskey and Loose Women, but there was probably a fair amount of that going on. Um, and one of my, my oldest and dearest friends... Chris Barrett was playing in that band with us then. And at the time, right before I had moved here, I, I guess it had been a... So all, this is, all this is in Oklahoma City. All this is in Oklahoma City, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd been... Uh, I'd just started bartending. I'd been an enthusiast for a very long time. and an Enthusiast. Enthusiast, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's for mom. A drinker. <laughs> <laughs> I'd been an enthusiast, and uh, I'd just started bartending maybe two... Or three years before I moved here, and my buddy Chris was bartending at that time as well. After moving here and realizing the the potential of what could the be, craft movement, the craft, yeah, it, 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 you know, this was like just over a decade ago, so it had just started like building up, and uh, and New York City was like the place to be, right? Yeah, it, ground, it always has been. Yeah, we were ground zero for that. Yeah, and 
it was it's been really interesting to watch my friend Chris Barrett kind of like kick ass in Oklahoma City, which is not it, it's not a place known for, hadn't been known for cocktails, but he's running one of the most kick ass bar programs at a place called Ludivine in Oklahoma City, and I'm really glad to have him here in the studio today. Welcome to the show, Chris Barrett. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Um, it's always great to have you in New York City. It's great to have you in the studio. And uh, yeah, man, like we got we got a bit to talk about, man. The uh, the the cocktail scene. I remember going. Uh, my band Brothers was actually on tour about five years ago or so, and right. uh, we popped in. We made sure that on the tour we were. We popped into Oklahoma City and got to play at like VZDs, my favorite yeah. venue, VZDs, mm. uh, which used to be like a place we played at all, all the, time. the time. That was our stomping ground next yeah. door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and during that 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 visit to to Oklahoma City, my brother and I got to pop around a little bit and kind of see what was going on with like the Plaza District and Twenty Third Street, even like Western Avenue and uh, in, in downtown and, and see quite shockingly how much that city has progressed as far as the food and beverage world and specifically with cocktails there's so much going on and like just the 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 revitalization of the plaza district which is 16th street 16th, um yeah. close to uh downtown uh which was kind of a defunct kind of theater district at, at a point but now it's revitalized and even like downtown and in the plaza district and, and, and Midtown, in Midtown, where Ludovine yeah. is. Yeah, it's 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 really it's, impressive, it's man. Blown up. I mean, places where there was nobody ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Nobody went to those places. They were desolate. People have moved in, opened bars, restaurants, uh, music venues. It's it's, just, yeah. it's crazy. You wouldn't recognize it if you haven't been there in right. ten years. Absolutely. I, I was, I, dude. Like I said, I was I was completely shocked and blown away by it, and. I was a little pissed that I sold my house when I moved here because it'd be. Uh, I did notice that it, the market it, value has yeah, gone up. I mean, it quadrupled. <laughs> I saw it up for yeah. sale recently, and it actually it quadrupled from what I bought it for when me and my brother sold our house. It had doubled, mm-hmm. uh, which helped pay for the move here for sure. But uh, yeah, but even more than that, it would just be nice to have like. A place to crash whenever I want to go to Oklahoma City. Well, you can stay in my house. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, the offers it's it's on the air. It's documented. Scheduling a road trip. When when you uh, when you have me in your place and I I get drunk and screw things up, you'll, you'll have to remember that's that offer. Right. I've done that at your house too. <laughs> that's <is> true. <laughs> that actually reminds me of a, a situation a few years back when yep. you visited. Yep. Uh, but we won't go into that on the air. <laughs> um, so yeah. So the. Uh, yeah, let's, I mean, like, so uh, is Ludovine then the the kind of the, is this the place that's cracking the egg on the omelet that is cocktails, or are you sort of in uh, line after the the leader? Where where do you? Yeah, at? I mean, I, I would say Ludovine was the first place in town that was really doing craft cocktails. Yeah, and uh, like the the, I mean, obviously the the cocktail bars kind of like have traditionally in, in the past you know couple decades or so. They follow uh, a culinary movement. Right. And uh, it's been kind of a, a double-headed dragon, Ludovine, with <clears throat> the food on one side and cocktails on the other. Uh, the food being the first farm-to-table restaurant in, in Oklahoma City as well, uh, where they you know deal 
within a hundred mile radius with local farms. That's amazing. Yeah. A lot of farms there, though, right? Oh yeah. I mean, you so get outside of the produce. city. It's yeah. I mean, it's rural. There's tons of farms, and uh, you know the the chefs uh, Jonathan Stranger and Russ Johnson, uh, who had been elsewhere cooking, came back home to Oklahoma where they're from, and and really put this thing together. And, they ventured out, got and, some and, tools, brought yeah, them home. and, and uh, made connections with the local farms. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're excellent cooks, and they're getting great pro- local products. Well, you guys <clears throat> have had a, a, a ton of press. I mean, like, and, and, and that's, to me, not a strange thing, because I mean, you, you've definitely been, like, spearheading this movement in Oklahoma City. Anytime that, like, I read anything about, like, food or beverage and in like the the midwest to the southwest the heartland it's ludifine always comes up you guys mm-hmm. have had tons of accolades and uh really amazing stuff actually like i was uh i, I remember and i i think about this often especially you know being in new york being in brooklyn the 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 time that we started seeing like all the attention focus not solely on on new york and and L.A. and San Francisco and Chicago and like Miami, it was there was an article in Imbibe magazine where it was it was one of the issues that came out, and all of a sudden it was like Kansas City and Omaha yeah, and St. Louis, St. Louis, Tulsa. yeah, totally. And so that that was like a a really uh, beautiful turning point in the the beverage world. For sure, sure. It's like the flowers finally in full bloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was also like the the, the uh, I remember going to Austin, Texas. And even though that one was always thrown in with the other like bigger like hub cities, you know, with Atlanta and 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 New York and LA and all that stuff. But like there was uh, uh, especially with like the TABC in Texas and you know like Able Commission in Oklahoma and uh, some some other like stricter laws for the actual procuring of. Uh, kind of rare ingredients for instance like like house albums you know like right not be able to get like allspice dram for a while or right. creme de violette but reading about it and then reading in this uh this certain article of this certain issue of imbibe talking with these different bartenders they were saying that they were like reading about these products that they couldn't get and then so they had they were forced to like start making them on their own and that kind of drive to me is just a beautiful thing yeah it's inspiring yeah absolutely like they're willing to like Go out and make a thing. That well, yeah, I mean, to... you go somewhere else, <clears throat> or you read about something that has a certain flavor profile, and it's just not available for you in a smaller market. So you're like, I want that flavor. Right. I've got to figure out. I've either got to bootleg it or make it myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it does drive creativity on on that end. And also, like you were saying, you know, using local ingredients, like not only with the kitchen, but you know, yeah, that's that one of the, the cool bar, right? things about Ludovine is that. Um, they get a lot of a lot of cool things in the walk-in, and they just behind the bar. They they let us go in there and just grab whatever we want and, and play with it. Nice, dude. So I know, like, uh, I came to, I, I went to Oklahoma City a couple couple years ago now, year and a half, a year and a half ago. It was it was during my dad's birthday, in November. It was uh, it was around yeah. Thanksgiving, and we made it a point to bring a big group yeah. uh, of people we to Ludifine. We had dinner and it was, man, I was just like, I've been, I've been tracking your progress uh, and like your, your work through the years and how you've been really like ushering in the, the classic talk, uh, classic cocktail 
um, the spirit, if you will, uh, into uh, Oklahoma City. And, you know, we arrived and, you know, this, I was still at Prime Meets at the time. And, uh, you know, Punch is a big mm-hmm. thing for us. And it was so cool to, like, roll in and, and see, like, we were greeted with uh, a moose-booze, as we call yes. it. Yes. Uh, some punches. And then, like, <laughs> the cocktails were kick-ass. The food was amazing as well. But it was just so refreshing and and like Souther said, inspiring to like see a place just really like not just like for like a, a smaller market, if you will, um, but for any market, you just fucking kicking ass, man. So it was like right. I think it's you're, you're you know you maybe think of yourself possibly as unlucky to not live in a, in a metropolitan situation like New York City, but then you've got this lucky aspect that we don't have. You've got much more. You know, again, farmed produce that's local that you can get in the kitchen that you can translate to the bar, right? Be creative with, and well, I mean, at at, at any time, I I could have come here. Yeah, <laughs> you know? well, we talked about it actually, <laughs> and, and at, 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 there were times when I thought about it. Yeah, and uh, and I told you that it was. I remember telling you this. We uh, we talked about it, and you were like, "Dude, should I move to New York and start like, dude, right?" And and, there? and one of the things is like, okay, yeah, I can do that, and I can become part of it, so I can, I could. It would definitely be cool. It would, it would be a learning experience. It would be awesome. But then also, uh, I got this opportunity in Oklahoma City to take it and, and, and show it to people who don't already know all about it. Sure, yeah. And and really... And you're now pushing pushing some limits of creativity in Oklahoma City that, that some, some of the folks in New York City aren't doing, like... You're now doing themed menus every time, right? Uh, yes, yeah, for, that. The, for the past three seasonal menus, uh, we've done theme menus. We In the fall, we did uh, a menu that all the drinks were named after different parts of town, the Midtown area, the, the plaza that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Was there a Mesta Park? There wasn't a Mesta Park. <laughs> Is there an Edgemere? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Edgemere, that's that's over by the Paseo and yeah. Mesta Park. That's so you did the close, close enough to Midtown, yeah. you know, that... But, but it, I, it, I mean, so the Pase- there, there were some places that got left out, and yeah. I'm sorry. Well, the, Pase- <laughs> the Paseo district is like known for like old hippies. Did you, yeah. was there patchouli in the uh, Paseo? <laughs> no, hotel? but there was a mushroom tincture. Oh, there you go. That's that's what I'm talking about right there. Um, and some sage. Well, of course. Yeah, there you go. That all makes Words sense. Off the evil hippies. But yeah, that, that was the fall, and then uh, spring this year we we did the Beatles. Yeah, that's album. when I read about when it came out. Yeah, the uh, Revolver. Yeah, uh, the, which the we took song. the fourteen songs. Fourteen off the. Were there fourteen on that album? Yeah, the the British version. Uh huh. The the American version at twelve, but uh, we did the British version, <laughs> and that's going uh, deep. We took each song and just kind of interpreted interpreted it in uh, in cocktails. And uh, then this summer we're doing uh, the westerns, so western movies, which I'm psyched on, man. I, yeah. I, I read that menu, and uh, I guess it was I guess I, I saw it a, a couple of weeks ago. Well, when, we just yeah, we just released it July first. Yeah, and it was just like, dude, it's amazing. Like the uh, what's the one with the mule? Uh, well, there's three categories on the menu. There's yeah. two mules for Sister Sarah. Right. So it's, uh, obviously so it's a mule two, cocktail. Two mules. <laughs> Uh, then there's two other lists. There's the Magnificent Seven and the Hateful Eight, and the uh, the magnificent <laughs> the Magnificent Seven category uh, are movies from uh, 1939 to 1960, uh, where the hero in the movie is a good guy, the sheriff or or whatnot. <clears throat> and then the uh, the Hateful Eight are movies from 1960 uh, to the present, where 
the hero is kind of an anti-hero now uh, wall or that's that's the category yeah. that I like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so the Magnificent Seven where they're good they're the good guys those drinks are more light and refreshing whereas the uh, the hateful eight are more it's bitter like a, boozy a white hat and <laughs> white hat like and the black, black hat, hat. Yeah. yeah curious <laughs> which side of the menu right. I'd go for <laughs> probably the bitter brooding side yeah <laughs> and the hateful eight we also did uh, eight spirits so. There's a cocktail with rum. There's a cocktail with rye. There's sure. a cocktail with bourbon. One with brandy. One with mezcal, tequila, uh, gin, and what was the other one? Vodka. No, we didn't. <laughs> vodka. Uh, Pisco, cachaça. <laughs> oh, scotch. Scotch. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what? So what we think of that one. How is uh, um, how are these menus being received by your guests? Oh, like, they uh, love. Do they get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Also, you guys get a lot of press for. Like for these theme menus, like I, I know that with the Beatles, well, yeah, uh, we did them. we did with the Beatles. Um, <clears throat> of course, I mean this was just something that I kind of woke up with the idea to do because I'm a huge Beatles fan, mm-hmm. and uh, I went in and I told uh, Colby, the other bartender at Ludovine, I was like, okay, I got this idea. It's kind of high concept, but <laughs> we're gonna do the Beatles Revolver album, <clears throat> and I just thought it was a good idea, and then I, you know, told. You know my boss and 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 uh, the other people who work with us, and they ran with it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm not the only one that loves the Beatles. Everybody <laughs> loves the Beatles." And so it just right. kind of it, it did blow up there for a bit. Yeah, and like I read some stuff in like the Daily Oklahoma and the Oklahoma mm-hmm. Gazette, and like you've gotten some really amazing press regarding that. I it, like I, I'm a huge fan of theme menus. It's also like so much more fun to. To work have backwards, the, yeah, yeah. To have the name first, and yeah. then like build on that inspiration. You mm-hmm. know, I, I mean, I like the themed idea because it's uh, it, then suddenly all your guests are having a shared experience. Absolutely, yeah, they're mm-hmm. all looking at this same theme. They're not just looking for a martini well, or a Moscow Mule or whatever. I mean, I, you know, there there's a reason that it's all on this menu together. Yeah, I mean, and, and actually, I mean, you're you're an inspiration because uh, it was I was here last May and you, I was looking at your cocktail menu and you're like, yeah, they're all trains, and I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> oh, thanks, I gotta man. fucking do something like that. <laughs> it's fun, man. Theme yeah. menus are they are this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. Plus, you know, it really uh, then so that the guests are all having a, a shared experience, and then your team, you're all having a shared experience of coming up with these ideas. You don't do it all alone, right? Uh, no. It's, it, well, I mean, it's a, a very small bar, so there's only two. Don't bar- talk to me about small bars. Well, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's bigger than your bar, but but we we only have two bartenders. Oh wow! It's just me including and one yourself. Other, yeah, oh. me and one other guy, and then we have the bar back. Uh, the, the other guy's Colby Poolin, and uh, he's from New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just the two of us. So we we come up with these and bounce ideas off each other. That's amazing. Some drinks we, you know, I come up with some drinks. He comes up with sometimes it's more of a collaborate thing. That's that's. Like, I mean, but it's cool um, having uh, <clears throat> having a bar staff that small. Uh, keeps consistency oh yeah absolutely i mean my, my team is myself and three yeah. others just four of us yeah so i, so I, I totally understand that um but i i also understand that there's no way that i could do even the menu at more which is only 10 items long mm-hmm. i couldn't do it alone yeah no 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 way what okay so i'm thinking back on uh our, our times in oklahoma city and playing rock and roll shows and uh mm. i remember <laughs> uh you were like, I guess we were in our early twenties, right? Something like that. Yeah, 
and yeah, well, uh, and yeah, probably but, nineteen until I don't know how old you were when you moved away, like twenty-seven, twenty-three, or nah, I'm thirty-five now. Right. Uh, I don't really mean to broadcast that. But <laughs> 20, I was I was like twenty-four, or something like that. But uh, yeah, so we were we were uh, fairly young dudes playing mm-hmm. rock and roll shows. Hanging out at the Waterford Hotel when, when with the, the Rolling Stones. Came to town. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember you—you uh, you were like the dude, uh, like kind of the the oddball who was always like drinking scotch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you do a lot of uh, scotch drinks at uh, Ludafine, or you're just keeping it open, or like I mean, uh, obviously seasonal? Yeah, I always, I always try try to do uh, at least one scotch. You know, just kind of have that option for yeah, and for the person that. Like scotch and has never really had it in a cocktail before. Yeah, <clears throat> I think there's that, that. That's actually uh, one of the things that I've uh, been dealing with a lot lately is like dealing, like figuring out like how to how to do like the perfect scotch summer cocktail. You know, like I, I, my go-to would be I just I, whiskey soda all the time. But like mm-hmm. as far as like an actual cocktail, it's like Presbyterian. Presbyterian works. That's I mean, obviously, the, then the penicillin. Penicillin, course, yeah. yeah. Making me reach, I, you know, these all juicy drinks I don't have. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you I forget like... them, you know. It's like those muscles atrophy a little bit. It's weird yeah. that I have to, my team and I have to know all the drinks that we make. And because we are able to make every drink we've ever made, so we have to know five years worth of drinks that we make. Mm-hmm. Plus, right. we have to know every drink we can't make so that we can say why we can't make that. Right. What's and, li- and what is lime juice? And direct them to something else. Yeah. <laughs> What's a bar bag? What was uh? What was your first? Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, what was your first? Like the cocktail that that you would drink that and that kind of like inspired you to get into all this nonsense. Um. Well, uh, it was probably more of a series of drinks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, that's, that's how they happen. Yeah, that's they usually come in a series. Uh, they come in threes. Well. You know, I, I started bartending um, after I applied for a, a waiter job, mm-hmm. and they needed a a bar back that weekend because it was Valentine's Day weekend, and they're like, "We'll tra- we'll start training you waiting next week, but can you help us bar back?" And uh, so I did, and I guess I did a good job because they were like, "We got a bartender leaving. Um, can you start bartending next week?" And I'm like, "Sure, absolutely." So I go through start training and. Uh, the owner of the places is, is I'm asking all these questions. He's like, have you ever bartended before? And he said, and I'm like, no. And he gets this look like, oh shit. <laughs> somebody didn't know what he said. I logged a lot um, of hours and, on the other side. <laughs> and he, then he's like, well, I guess you got to learn somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> begrudging. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the team, I guess. <laughs> and then, so f- for the next couple of years, you know, just bartending, slinging drinks, speed, not really getting into the, the craft side of things. And it wasn't until um, later on I, I started reading books and getting interested in, in the craft side of things. Because yeah, I think when you bartend at 24 and you play in a band, you're like, I'm, I'm a rock star. And the bartending is my day job. Yeah. <laughs> and then at some point you're like, uh, this is my profession. I should probably know yeah. everything I, I, I can about it. So started reading up. And then, then uh, I came in saw you and your brother here and you guys took me out to all these great craft cocktail bars in new york and having that classic cocktails like manhattans and martinez and yeah and just 
blowing my mind as long as well as like the craft cocktails that places were coming up with. <clears throat> well, I think that, the- and so when I got home, I just it's like okay, now I now I have, I ha- I, kn- I knew there was an idea out there. Yeah. I just wasn't able to see it yet. And then when I came to New York, I saw it and I was like, okay, grabbed a hold of it and really started throwing myself into it. Yeah. There was like, there was a point in, I, I had, it was right before I started bartending and one of my favorite people in the world, Brian Neal. Yeah. He actually ended up hiring me at his bar, the Electro Lounge in Oklahoma City. It's not there anymore, but, uh, because he turned it into a, a, a restaurant. Um, but he was the first person to make me a martini, like, close to the right way. There was no there was no such thing as orange bitters in Oklahoma, or probably even <laughs> yeah. in Texas or anywhere no. around there. Was but, that, I was about to ask, was and, there vermouth? There was I mean, vermouth. He used vermouth, and he was right. like, this is important, because... And actually, the, the bitters <laughs> bottle was a dusty old little bottle, sure. beer leg that most people thought yeah. Worcestershire. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys serve steak? Thing? Why do you have that? <laughs> what are you yeah. doing with that? There, I mean, bitters? What, what do you do with that? Sounds oh, there's gross. this old guy I'm that comes in and he I'm likes still trying to drink, figure it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but like, uh, there was, there was very little, you know, but then, like, that was, to me, and then actually having a Manhattan and uh, VZDs, uh, Mike, who mm-hmm. bartended there for yeah. a long time, uh, who can never? He's still working he, in the city too. Yeah, yeah. He could never hear your order. It, it was really annoying. Yeah, he, like, he worked in a rock and roll like venue, the old bar, and, uh, and I think he just, he'd worked there for a long time, so he blew mm-hmm. out his eardrums. Mm-hmm. But it, it was always like you had to order your drink like five times from him before he'd actually <laughs> with some hand gestures. Yeah, <laughs> but he made me a Manhattan on my twenty uh, first birthday. Actually, he made one for me, one for my brother, and. Uh, and it was actually stirred. He actually used bitters, and uh, I asked for a twist because I, you know, the cherries weren't great then. But, uh, but it, like those were the things like that that really changed my thought process on like actually drinking at bars, because like I I could make those for myself at home mm-hmm. and do them the right way by the books, uh, the you know the classic cocktail books. But like you say, like a Martinez, you know, like mm-hmm. who knew. Right. Yeah. Until you have one and it's made the right way and or just made for you actually cuz you yeah. know but like a really that for me if I had to pinpoint it um for me it was a a, a Gibson. Oh yeah. I've yeah. always I've always already kind of been an old man inside the way that I eat and drink. Mhm. And that Wait, pickled that. that pickled onion was the draw for me. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about and the then Gibson. when I went somewhere and had one with a nice pickled onion, that changed the game. The thing about the the Gibson though, what's cool about it, I mean, it is a martini with a different garnish. Yeah. Yeah. And the the thing about it is like when people order a Gibson, and I've I've noticed this like since forever ago, you know, uh, people have their customers and and just everyone they have their own like way of how they like their martini. But if someone orders a Gibson, it's by the books, a Gibson. Mm-hmm. No yeah. one says dry <laughs> right. or That's like... That's true, actually. They say, I want a Gibson. It's the same fucking drink yeah. with a different garnish, <laughs> but it, it eliminates all those modifiers. That's true. Which I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, um, well, are we... I can't... We going we, got a, we got a few minutes. All right, cool. Because I let's talk a, about the midnight. There's toast. another thing that you're doing over there that I think is amazing. Where you're already bringing cocktails to the front of the scene. You're mm-hmm. making headway with uh, uh, being creative and inventive with you know products that you can finally get and products that you get off the farms. 
but also every night at midnight. Every night? Uh, no, it's every Friday night. Every Friday night yeah. at midnight. You have a midnight toast. Talk about that. That's, yeah. this, this is like, I think toasts are the lost art they, that we haven't yeah. focused on yet. They are cool. And it's, it's just, it's a very casual social gathering that lasts, like the actual thing only lasts for about 10 minutes. Um, but uh, a little bit before midnight, we throw out some hors d'oeuvres. We, uh, <clears throat> we invite uh, someone from the community, uh, whether it be a local celebrity or even just like a regular uh, to come and give the toast at midnight about a few minutes before midnight we cut the music they uh, they say their toast everybody says cheers and, uh, you know everybody's focused on one thing for a minute and they they give their toast and turn the music back on everybody kind of goes back to whatever they're doing so but it's a lot of things are happening right there you've got what we talked about you got a shared experience happening mm-hmm. with the menu and then you literally tie everybody together, even if it's just for that 10 minutes, mm-hmm. where the entire room is focused, like you said, and, and paying attention. Yes. Yeah. I think this is amazing. You know, somebody come in and say, you know, whatever they want to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let them loose on the mic. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've, I, I've often thought about piping it into to my bar at Grand Army. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I've, I've thought about, like, getting, like, you or, like, someone else, like, with their phone... And just like do like like a, a FaceTime or conference call, and then just plug it in and let it rip on the the stereo system, like through the speakers at Grand Army, because I think it's such a cool well, it's idea. Something, it's something that's always fun, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, that's why we do it at midnight every year on, on you know, uh, New, Year's. New Year's Eve. Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody likes to clink glasses and say cheers and kind of have like a communal yeah. experience when drinking, and when you can do that with everybody in the room. Yeah, and, and it really ties them together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it brings that that spirit into what what it means to actually be present in a bar room. You know, yeah. I mean, Ludovine is a great restaurant and a great bar, but that at that moment, it's a fucking bar. Yeah, oh, yeah. and Absolutely. everyone's having that shared bar experience, and you're all together. It creates more like a salon, right? So it's not just I'm here alone, or I'm just here with my friend. We're all friends, right? And we, some people we all have a common interest. This place, yeah. And some people <laughs> will come out specifically for the toast because they know about it then there's other people that are just there at midnight and it's like okay you're over there this is your first time here you may not know anything what's getting ready to go on but get over here grab a drink clean glasses with us yeah it's beautiful and and now we talked a little off the air but is it are the toasts getting better and better is that like because again i think that's a that's a craft as well that's been that's been waylaid well i mean there's there's been some that have been better than others, and <laughs> same with drinks, right? <laughs> yeah. Same with food from the um, kitchen. <laughs> but I mean, for the most part, uh, uh, when we ask somebody, they they really they they put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, I'm and sure. and they've really come up with some creative stuff. One of the most interesting one was, um, so we had this kind of block party on the on the same night uh, oh. as the midnight toast, and. There's a guy that does short order poetry. I guess he he like ask you a couple questions. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Poem for mm-hmm. you. Well, he, he said that um, <clears throat> that there was this kid like across the street from him that was playing his guitar, and he kept playing like the same five songs over and over and over. Like uh, I guess something by Bon Jovi, uh, <laughs> uh, "Take the Long Way Home." Or uh, anyway, he took he took. Uh, those songs and took their their lyrics and then like 
mix them all together to make a poem, and that was his his toast. That's cool. And That's awesome. uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, people have, have, have really they've never been asked to do anything like this before. So they, they really think long and hard and they, they do come up with something creative. Dude, I can't wait to do it. When, yeah. When, when, next time I visit Oklahoma. Hey, well, why don't uh, we do one tonight at the bar? We're, we're yeah. definitely going to do one. Actually, Chris, you're going to, you're going to come to uh, grand army and, uh, right. Sling some of your drinks from Ludvine, actually yes. from the, uh, the Beatles album, uh, uh which is awesome. Yes. Really, really excited about. Um, and, uh, and then we should absolutely do a toast. Yeah. So you're going to be there from 5 to 7 at mm-hmm. Grand Army. That's in downtown Brooklyn at 336 State Street. And uh, next time you're in Oklahoma City, definitely go by Ludovine. That's, yep. That should be your first middle and last stops. Absolutely. Check uh, it out, ludovineokc.com. Yep. Absolutely, man. Uh, dude, I'm. It's, it's great to see you. We've been friends for a very fucking long time. But it's also it's great to have you in the studio and to have you at the bar. So I'm I'm really excited to have you in town, man. Yeah, I'm excited too. Thanks. And then we're gonna go get weird in New Orleans next week at Tales of the Cocktail. Yes. Oh, looking yes. forward to that as well. <laughs> I don't know if I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> bracing I'm just for it, looking at it. I'm just bracing for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on the show, Chris. Check yeah, out LudivineOKC.com and check out all the other shows on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. And this has been the Speakeasy this week. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. And we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, the executive producer of Heritage Radio Network, also the host of Full Service Radio. And I want to talk to you about Brandy. Uh, I was lucky enough to visit Louisville, and we all know Kentucky is whiskey territory. However, the best thing I had to drink was brandy. I got to visit Copper and King's Distillery, and they make pure copper pot distilled American brandy aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels, matured with rock and roll. That's right sonic aging they're playing music to the barrels the stuff is double distilled non-chill filtered unadulterated by bois sugar or caramel color and this stuff is feisty rambunctious with a long smooth finish the stuff isn't made exactly in the style of an international brandy or a cognac it's more along the lines of an american whiskey i can really be honest here and tell you i'm not just reading you an ad i'm giving you a tip american brandy you're not seeing it everywhere copper and kings is doing it incredibly well and they're cool people the distillery is full of incredible art like i said they're playing rock and roll to the barrels so again copper and kings pure copper pot distilled american brandy aged in kentucky bourbon barrels that's copperandkings.com drink it neat put it in a cocktail sub it for your brown spirits experiment have fun get funky this stuff is awesome